Welcome to the Made for Mondays podcast, where each week we talk about how to be love in our day-to-day lives. Now, here are your hosts, Executive Director at Believer's Church, Heather Carl, and Senior Pastor of Believer's Church, Jamie Stewart. Hey everybody, I'm Heather, and who are you, fella? Hey Heather, it's Jamie. So, how was your weekend? <laughs> we had just had a conversation about the weekend, but that I'm uh, not sharing. Right. Um, but yeah, all in all, it was, uh, okay. <laughs> it was pretty good. Well, that, I mean, in truth, you shared about an incident that happened last night. Correct. Not necessarily. I hope that didn't shape your weekend. No, it was, no, it was An interesting not. conclusion, it was an nonetheless. an interesting conclusion. And now the masses are going to be wondering. I know. What is, what? What did happen? Maybe we will actually get some emails now. Yeah, maybe we will. (laughs) Email me and say, Jamie, what did happen? On Saturday night. Yeah. Around midnight. Yeah, I'll let you know. (laughs) Maybe. Did you do anything on Friday? Um, Did I do anything Friday? It's been raining. All weekend long. Since Noah. Yeah. So. I don't even remember. That's, That's how my weekend's gone. It's been... It's been oh we had we had company on Friday evening oh that's fun that was probably the highlight of our weekend yeah yeah we had uh, a couple couples over first time we've had guests in our home since oh that the pandemic. is fun yeah did you have things to talk about we we did because I hadn't seen them you know for so long so mm-hmm. we did have experiences independent from one another. Oh, that's good. Which gave us something to talk good. about. Yeah, it was, I'm glad. it was good. How about yourself? Um, let's see. Friday. Don't think there was anything out of the ordinary for Friday. My oldest son is getting married this fall. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited about that. And so Are you excited about him getting married or are you excited about him, you know, leaving the house? I mean, <laughs> All of it. Yeah. There's a lot There's a lot there to be excited about. All of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the girls went dress shopping yesterday. Oh, how fun. Well. No. <laughs> I mean, fun, but in the time of quarantine. Oh, not as fun as it Not as been. fun. Gotcha. You have to make an appointment. Yeah. Um, then only two people can go inside. My sister was up from Raleigh. Yeah. So she went also. So you had all these people, but not everyone could. Yeah. So two of us stayed in the car and FaceTimed in. And then once she found a dress that we thought was the winner, we swapped out. So the two that were inside came outside. The two that were outside went inside. So it was just a little bit strange. The whole thing was strange. And she's trying on these beautiful gowns with a mask on. And like, <laughs> yeah, in a, in a totally empty salon, like yeah. bridal salon, it's just it's just surreal almost. It, it like is. you feel like you're watching a movie. Yeah, we had an incident uh, yesterday that was you had mentioned something similar happening to you and Nate. Uh, I took Bonnie; she needed to get some new. Um, sneakers and some stuff like that. So we went down to running, et cetera, in mm-hmm. Norfolk. And they were, you know, should have an appointment, but they let limited people in. So mm-hmm. we didn't have an appointment, but they let us in. And then um, you couldn't try anything on. Right. So, well, you could try shoes on, but you couldn't try clothes on. So 
I just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So she bought something, brought it home, tried it on, didn't fit. Now you have to take it back. And now we have to take it back, pay the toll both ways. And I'm like, it was probably less safe to let someone take something home to their home where yes. you have no idea is there someone in that home that has right. COVID? You right. Have no, I, you have no way of knowing. Right. But you'll let me take it home to the unknown mm-hmm. when you could control the environment right there in your store. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The incident you're referring to with us was Nate trying to buy yes. his suit for the wedding. Right. And the girl that worked at this shop was like, yeah, you can't try that on in here. Yeah. Sorry about it. But wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If you leave the store and put it on outside of the doors and it doesn't fit, you can then bring it back in. And it's like, this is silly. Silly. And that's so that's what we did. <laughs> like we bought it, went down to the restroom, tried it on. Uh-huh. Fortunately, it fit. But yeah. yeah so. You know, as it relates to things related to church, kind of bring it back there. Yeah. So, you know, like I'm all about taking precautions and being careful. Uh, we call it being wise. Absolutely. Um, and so, like, you know, I understand reasonable precautions, but what's what seems to be the our our society's way of handling this is like just very illogical. Like there's so many restrictions that are in place that just don't make sense. Like they're not helping anything. They're not preventing the spread of anything. Right. Because they're being created with a workaround. Yes. Like the, the regulation that's being put out there is like, this is the regulation, but you can do this to not have to do that. Like you can just go outside the store and try it on and bring it back in. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you can take it home. You can take it home, rub it all over your floor and Anything you want to, and then bring it right back. (laughs) Then bring it back, and it'll be fine. Yeah, that's fine, but don't use Mm -hmm. our dress room. Don't you dare. Where you could clean the dress room between customers. (laughs) Right. I just don't understand. Neither do I. All right, well... We have a lot to talk about today, so we should probably get into it. We're going to cover things about yesterday's message. We're going to answer some listener questions. I know. How exciting is that? It's so exciting. I know. Um, And we're going to give you some more details about our back-to-campus plan and more. So let's start with yesterday's message. Yes. We're um, close to wrapping up. Are we wrapping up? My weeks are so confused. Yeah, we have wrapped up. Okay. Yeah. Because of how we're doing messages right now, it's hard for our team to keep track of where we are. Um, But so we're wrapping up the viral series. We talked yesterday about avoiding financial pitfalls. Yes. Uh, Such a practical message at any time. Yes. But particularly right now. Yep. So being a pastor and talking about money brings all kinds of feelings into the room, doesn't it? Yeah, it's one of those topics that people wish, some people love when I talk about it, and then there's a whole bunch of people who wish I would never talk about it. And then there's another category of people who think that's all I talk about. Right. So, um, yeah, it does bring up uh, a lot of mixed emotions, 
And it's a, it is, like, I do understand that it is a rather charged subject matter in the church because there has been so many examples of the church abusing the message to manipulate people out of their money. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's clearly not what we do here. Uh, but I do get it. Like there's a lot, there yeah. has been a lot of that that's gone on and it's terrible. Um, but what we do is give people very practical tools so that they can win with their money. That's, right. that's the goal so that they can honor God with their resources and that they can, if you're honoring God, you're going to be blessed also. So it makes your life better. That's our, our whole focus when we teach on money. Yeah. Well, I liked your tactic this week because you let someone else teach us all the things yeah. so that you didn't have to take the heat. Their story was so, so good great. Job. The, yeah. Their story <laughs> was so great that I, I felt like, why, why teach it yeah. when they can just tell Absolutely. their story? So the lawlesses shared with us and a lot of what they, um, shared in their story of getting financially sound, yep. Um, came from our good friend, Joe Sangal. Fired up. Yep. So how do you want to just tell us a little bit about Joe and how we got to know him and why he's so important to our Believers family? Yeah, so we've had Joe at Believers a few different times now. Um, he heads up an organization called I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. And um, we met him, I think maybe we met him through Enjoy. I believe so. I think that's how we met him. He also owns that. And Enjoy is an organization that helps churches with capital campaigns. And so we've had a few of those through the years. And uh, Joe's company, um, you know, assisted us with those. And uh, part of what Joe does in his I Was Broke Now I'm Not role is he goes to churches and he teaches a uh, financial learning experience. And we also let him teach on Sunday morning. And he'll teach a money-related message. And then he gives a a a two-and-a-half-hour or so seminar where he just gives people tools on how to go from being broke to being not broke. Right. And so Joe's just been a good friend to our church through the years. And uh, the Lawlesses are one of many families who have tremendously benefited uh, from Joe's ministry. And... um, and I'm grateful that we have a church that is generous because it's not cheap to bring Joe in and his team. Um, but we feel like the return on that investment is just so good. And the Lawlesses are an example of that. Like yes, in 36 months, they went from being buried to being debt free. Mm -hmm. And that's just amazing. It's amazing. And what's really neat about Joe's organization too, is that they are a very generous organization. So while it does cost us a lot, maybe to like bring them in, um, once you're a part of their community and they just resource people so well, and he's been doing a really great job at that through the pandemic, um, the resources that they're making available, through their website and their yep. app are just phenomenal. So, yeah, and all that stuff is free. Like they mm-hmm. have a ton of free resources on their website. I was broke. Now I'm not.com. Yep. And uh, lots of free stuff there. And if you need more tools, that's a great place to go to start finding them. Absolutely. He and also has a podcast. He does have a podcast on uh, money matters and it's uh, a good listen. So. And he is high energy all jo- the time. Joe is high energy. And sometimes I've had people ask me, you know, is that what Joe's really like? Because yes. we've gone out to dinner and whatever, but 
that is exactly who Joe is yep. all of mm-hmm. the time. All the time. Yep. And he's also what uh, is remarkable to me is he'll be here. And if people tag Joe in any posts, he responds. He responds. <laughs> he's like the Bob Goff of financial, <laughs> the financial world. Wow. Joe, if you're listening, yeah, that's that's high praise. <laughs> it is high praise. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send him a, a note and tell him to listen yeah, to this week. You should. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you haven't listened to the message from yesterday, uh, you can do that through our app and website. Um, and it's it is really really important. Make sure to share it with someone else too. I know that yeah. um, you know we've been talking about my son who's getting married, and I hope. And pray. I'm so thankful for his future wife because she's financially sound. That's good. And he's gonna he listens to this, so yeah, I'm sure good. he'll have a lot to <laughs> say to me about it. Uh-huh. All right. Well, we have received a few listener questions now, which is astonishing to us. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, every episode I say, hey, email me about <laughs> no one does. Nobody does. Nobody. But we have received a few. So I want to start, um, one listener asked about our local mission partners and how they're doing. Um, so I just want to let everyone know that we are in contact with them on a regular basis. I just talked to Pastor Earl from Nicaragua. Uh, I think that was Thursday. It was. And so they're hanging in there. Their um, things in Nicaragua are a little... Rocky, because he feels like they're not being told all of the things about Corona, like how many cases they have, how many deaths, all of that stuff. There, He feels like the government is keeping a lot of that from the people, and that may very well be. Yeah. Um, but they're hanging in there. We're continuing to be able to supply them with food through our other um, partners, through Orphan Network, and um, ministry is still happening Earl is still on a mission to make sure everybody in Nicaragua knows the love of Jesus. So um, that's really good. It was really great to hear his voice. Um, Our partners in the Philippines are doing well. They've been, they're on a, uh, I guess, a shelter in place. They're pretty much shut down for six months. We learned that early on in this. Um, But they've been able to open up the orphanage to some other families in the community to kind of help support them through all of this. So that's been really great. They're continuing to do Bible teaching and um, educational teaching with the kids that are there. So that's been awesome. Um, Our friends in Brazil, the Rhymers, are doing okay. Of course, Brazil has been shut down from travel to and from the United States. Yeah, it's, it's kind of bad there at the moment. Yes. So they are um, just trying to navigate yeah. so, all of that. Yeah. And for them, a lot of their ministry focuses on camps and large mm-hmm. gatherings for youth evangelism and that kind of thing. And so um, most everything of theirs has been canceled. And um, financially, it's been... Um, you know, like we support the Rhymers financially, mm-hmm. but their organization also... Word of Life. Yeah, Word of Life in Brazil generates revenue to support the remaining staff and that kind of thing. And it's very tenuous right now mm-hmm. because um, all of their camps not operating means they have uh, zero income. Income, yep. So it's been very challenging for them, but we, mm-hmm. have, we have been in regular communication with them. Yep. And then our friends in France, the Stoffers, um, also like... The European countries and stuff have been, you know, 
walking a lot of the same road. Everything shut down for a long time. They've been uh, quarantined and sheltered in place. And they're, they're just now starting to open back yes. up. Mm-hmm. So they're getting back into uh, the swing of things a little bit. They're planning on coming home for a few months this summer. Mm-hmm. And I think they're still making plans to do that. But uh, as you could imagine, planning travel right now is very complicated. It is very complicated, especially if you're coming from a hotbed area. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, you guys can just keep praying for all that's happening around the world with our partners. Um, And a really... We are trying to keep you up to date with uh, the things as we know them through Rochelle, our amazing outreach director. She is amazing. She puts out an email on a, I think it's a weekly basis, um, just sharing what's going on in all things outreach, both locally and globally. And if you want to be a part of that email, she would be happy to add you. You can just email her at rochelle.cheeks at believerschurch.org. And we also have been trying to post you know, updates on social. She gets with our communications director, Brent, and make sure that things get put into the outlet and other avenues as we know information. So just try to stay connected to us as much as possible. You can also, uh, you know, if you're really interested in what's happening with our global partners, most of them you can find on social media Mm -hmm. and you can just, you know, become friends with them and stay up to date that way. Uh, with how they do things. I know the the Stoffers and the Rhymers regularly Mm -hmm. do emails, and you can get on their list. Their newsletter list. Yep. So So then you cannot read their newsletter like you don't read the outlet. Exactly. You need one more thing that you don't read. (laughs) Right. That's that's what you need. Um, Yeah, but so just make sure to follow them in all the places. And our website has actually been revamped a little bit again to include even more amazing outreach information. So you can go there and check out all of the things. Yep. Um, Okay. So our very first listener question actually came from Chris. Yes. And he asked, when did Jesus know he was God? And when did he know what he was going to have to go through? Such a great question. That is a really great question. Um, so this idea of just to lay a little bit of a foundation, um, when did Jesus know he was God? So uh, that that doctrine, that teaching, that belief is that Jesus was fully God and fully man. And that is known as the deity of Christ. And then you'll hear talk, too, about the incarnation. And the incarnation is that Jesus left glory to become man. So he always eternally existed. He was part of creation. Um, So as God, he doesn't have a beginning. He's always been. Um, But in the incarnation is when he entered our world. And so um, the question then stems, like, did he know when he became man, did he... Did he, did he know it? Uh, that's such a good question. You think about like as a, as a young boy, Jesus and uh, like his siblings 
Like, did he ever pull the I'm God card? I know you love this idea because you have your brother that you were like, I wish I could have said. I wish I could have said that. (laughs) If I could have like turned him into a pillar of salt or something. Yeah. Not forever. No, just for a minute. Yeah. Just to show him, you know, Mm -hmm. like did Jesus, I don't think Jesus did No, I don't think he did either. But I love the idea of that. So. That doesn't seem super (laughs) (laughs) Christ-like. You're onto something. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. This idea of the incarnation, and uh, there's an interesting verse in Philippians chapter 2, which, which talks about um, Jesus existing as God, and uh, you can go and read that whole chapter if you want, but he, it talks about how he gave up his divine privileges, meaning that he voluntarily limited himself, but he never stopped being God. So, um, you know, like you, when you think about the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness and Satan tempts him to do all of these different things. A lot of what he was tempting to do was to assert his deity, his, his godness to, uh, um, change, you know, circumstances around him. And Jesus never did that. So he volunt he could have, cause he's God, mm-hmm. but he voluntarily, voluntarily limited himself um, but we also know that Jesus was very aware that that he was indeed God. Um, in John chapter 8, there was a, a conversation with Jesus and some people, and he uh, said to them um, before Abraham, or when Abraham saw me coming, uh, he rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming, and he saw it. And he was glad. And um, the people responded to Jesus and said, you're not even 50 years old. How can you say that you have seen Abraham? And Jesus answered, "Uh, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. And that assertion was, um, I am God. That that is the, the name that God used of himself in the Old Testament, the great I am. And so Jesus claims equality with God and claims that he was, he existed when Abraham went to heaven. So uh, at that point, the Bible tells us the people picked up stones to kill Jesus, um, but Jesus was hidden from them and he left the temple. And so the reason they wanted to kill him was because he claimed equality with God. So in his ministry, Jesus was very aware that he was God. He often claimed it, which is why people hated him. Um, In John chapter 17, there's a prayer of Jesus, and he's praying. And in verse, uh, he's praying to God the Father. And the verse in, um, it's in, I think it's in, oh, John 17, sorry. Uh, Verse 4, he says, uh, I brought glory to you, the Father, here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory that we shared before the world began. So there's another assertion that Jesus eternally existed in the past. He was in in glory before he came to, to earth. So he had this awareness. And even when Jesus was really young, you remember the story in Luke chapter two, where mm-hmm. his parents lost him. Yep. And uh, every parent has a "I lost my kid" story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've all done it. 
where where is he? I thought yeah. you had him, you know, that kind of thing. I left my kid home for an Easter service. <laughs> I, and it's by a... Easter service, I mean all of our Easter services. <laughs> the entire day. Really? And not my quiet kid. I left my loud kid home. Was that on purpose? Nope. Oh. Didn't even maybe... realize he wasn't around. I thought maybe because he was the loud one. Until that you we were... were getting ready to leave church and we were like, where is Trey? And then it dawned on us that we never brought Trey. Yeah. That's such a great story. I don't think I've ever heard Seriously. that. Seriously. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. yeah, what so, a day. Yeah. So we've all had those moments. <laughs> and the parents of Jesus were no exception. They, they left the temple and they thought Jesus was, they were gathering, you know, traveling in a group. They thought someone else in the group had him. And then they realized that they didn't have him. So they ran back and they found him. And Jesus said to them, but why did you need to search? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. So Mm -hmm. Jesus kind of indicates, even as a young boy, that he was aware that he was God in the flesh and that his father was his earthly father may have been Joseph, but his father was God the Father. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that's really interesting. That's probably the earliest indication that we have that Jesus did know that yeah. he was God. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how early that happened mm-hmm. to him, but certainly when he was a you know, a twelve year old kid, he did recognize that he, he was God in the it. flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So really what we did was the opposite of what Mary and Joseph did. So they left their kid at church. We <laughs> left our kid away from church. Yeah. Yeah. Did we have online services then? No, I uh, don't think so. No, okay. Trey, and that's the other thing. Trey was little. <laughs> <laughs> like this was not. Wow. He's 17 right now. This was not a couple years ago. Oh. This was like little Trey. <laughs> <laughs> And if anybody knows Trey, the idea of him fending for himself for that many hours. <laughs> yeah, how did is he? How did he survive? Frightening. <laughs> did, did, was there a lot of damage done to the house? No. Oh. It, but he, we walked in and he was like, oh. it was like a home alone moment. Like, <laughs> yeah, are you kidding me? That is so. All funny. day, have been by myself. <laughs> All day. Hey uh, Trey, if you're if you're listening, <laughs> you're loved. Just want you to know that. <laughs> Uh, you are, bud. <laughs> All right. That was great, Chris. What a great question. Yeah, so good. And um, if you have more questions, keep them coming. Yes, please. So let's talk a little bit um, before we wrap up today about coming back to campus. Yes. And we touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but I want to be a little more specific. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week, oh, we just had a great day as a staff. On Thursday, we had a work day yep. and just started getting our space ready for everybody. And it was energizing and really exciting to see our room look like our gathering room again. And um, yeah, for those of you who haven't been around, like our, (laughs) our space got completely dismantled over, over the course of the last couple months. Yeah. Just trying to do our online services the way we were and interviews and all the things. Yeah. So the, the place is, was a disaster. Mm -hmm. It didn't look anything like the last time you saw it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we reset everything and got things set the way they need to be for our reentry. Yeah. So just um, for our auditorium space, as we've talked about, we're going to be having 
Um, we're going to be welcoming guests back in to worship with us on Sunday starting on June 14th, but you will have to register for those services. Um, we're going to be offering them at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. They're going to be family-oriented services, um, so everyone will be together. We're not going to be having Believer's Kids space open yet. That will be happening in July. So I've had people ask me how they can register. Can you yes, speak to that? I can. So we are going to make the links for registration available on our website and on the app, but they will not be open until the Monday prior to the Sunday. So each week you'll have to register. If you register for the first week, you are not guaranteed a seat for the second week. Um, so each week those the links will repopulate. They will be open from Monday through Saturday. Once the service times are filled, um, they, they'll be closed. So you won't be able to register for a service time that's maxed that's out. Right. Yes. And then inside of our space, um, we're going to be having all of our impact team members and staff members um, that are doing all the greeting things, wearing masks. Um, you're encouraged to wear masks if you come, but... Uh, we're not making it a mandatory. We won't be policing the mask situation. Right. So let me speak to that, too. Yes, please. Um, so the governor has said public spaces require masks. So, uh, you know, we've done our best to honor what our governor is is advising. And so uh, this is a public gathering. So we are encouraging you to follow the governor's orders around that to be wearing a mask. Um, but they also indicated that there are certain folks who are exempt from that. And mm -hmm. so uh, we're not going to ask if someone comes in without a mask on, oh, are you, you know, are you which this, that, or the other? Yeah, which of these things apply to you? Correct. So if you come in without a mask on, we're assuming you're coming in without one because you meet that criteria to not be wearing one. Mm -hmm. But we're not be, we're not going to become the mask police. Right. We have other things to do that morning. <laughs> Indeed. Um so speaking of the mask thing, how should we how should the weight of this week's events um mm -hmm. cause us to respond to this ongoing debate on social media? Yeah, so let me just say to to the 10 of you listening no, we decided we're up to 18. Okay. All right. So this this past week, p prior to all of the the protests and riots, and, you know, it's just been such a heavy, heavy week. But prior to that, people were so worked up over this mask thing. And... Um, I just, I really feel like those of you who claim to follow Jesus, if you want to be, like, pick a better, pick a better fight, mm -hmm. you know, like, that's the thing that you're going to get all worked up over. And I, I get the inconvenience of it. I get some of the irrationality around some of it, too. Like, I understand that. But for real, is that the thing that we're going to put a stake in the ground and say, you know, this is the, this is the line. I'm not crossing this. And then you proceed to post things on social media that, that are hateful, that are hateful. And I'm telling you, I got an email from a member of our church this week who was 
so discouraged in his faith because people that he knows and cares about in the church are acting like complete non-followers of Jesus on social media. And Good he, word choice, Jamie. He just, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> he just couldn't reconcile a person of faith saying some of the things that people of faith are saying right. on, on social. And I'm with him. Like, it's, it's so disheartening. And, you know, I, I think if the government told us that we couldn't share our faith, then by all means, get yourself all up in arms. Um, but I just think we need to be, you can't be the love of Jesus while you're spewing all over people who line up differently than you. Mm -hmm. And it's just so, like, we talk about it all the time that that should stop. But it needs to stop. But it really needs to stop. And then when you have the events of this week uh, where, you know, the, the, the video comes out of, of a man being killed primarily because of the color of his skin. It, it makes a mask seem really insignificant. It makes you look as petty as you are. Yes. And so I just think, you know, it's time for us to focus on stuff that really does matter. And and uh, a lot of us need to grow quite a bit to figure out what that is. Yeah, agreed. All right. So back to the space. So we're not policing masks. <laughs> right. Behave yourself in social media. Yes. When you walk in the building, you will be directed into the auditorium. We have... Um, spaced out our seating and it looks great. It doesn't look empty. It doesn't feel empty, but mm -hmm. there is all of the social distancing um, guidelines have been observed in it. So we just are really looking forward to having you back in the space. We really and are. one of the things that we've been talking about as a staff is just this idea of like, what are we focusing on? And our focus is, is on making Jesus number one, one person at a time. And that's what our focus is going to be when we gather back in this space. Yep. Um, so we'll go over some things at the start of service, uh, but really like we are coming together to make Jesus number one. Yes. That's what we're doing. Yep. Um, so a couple just kind of other kind of neat things that we can talk about a little bit is we built Hub 757 a couple years ago uh, far before this pandemic was on anyone's radar. Correct. And in doing that, we had, you know, just tons of conversations about what was going into the guts of the building um, around uh, air filtration and surfaces that we installed. And yeah. we have come to find out in the last about week to 10 days that some of these decisions that we made were really great decisions for a time such as this. So can you just tell us what you've learned from Dan Cook, our architect, who is fabulous? He is fabulous. So I had a phone call with him this past week, and he um, conveyed to me that the, um, and I wish I had it written down in front of me, what the filtration system is, but it's like a reverse ion, something mm -hmm. or other. Um but there has been laboratory work done that demonstrates that this air filtration system does kill COVID. 
Along with a lot of other Along with viruses. a lot of other and, things. So mm-hmm. um, our air filtration system uh, in our auditorium, as well as in the commons, as well as uh, in our Believer's Kids space, um, that air that's being brought back into our space has been sterilized and cleaned. And so uh, that's pretty amazing that the filtration system that we use is that effective. So that, that, you know, it doesn't mean someone can't get sick, but it certainly uh, is nice to know that we have something in place that can mitigate against, uh, you know, the spread of germs. And then all of the hard surfaces, you think uh, even some of the flooring uh, from what he tells me um, and the doorknobs Mm -hmm. and the, you know, the, bathroom counters but the sinks and all that kind yep. of stuff they're all antimicrobial i think that's how you say yep, it you got it and uh, so that means the microbes can't survive when they hit mm-hmm. those uh surfaces I so like, it's like at a 99 percent yeah rate or something it's really remarkable so uh we have a building that is working for us yes and that's so exciting to know that and uh, i'm really glad that dan reached out to share that information mm-hmm. Uh, with me and um, yeah we wanted to be able to pass that along it should give us all just a little bit more confidence yeah so as we pass that along um, we know that there are many of you who still have great concern about coming out and um, being together we know that lots of you have little ones and you don't know um, exactly what church would look like if you brought your kids here at this time when BK isn't open And so we just, again, want to tell you, like, we want you to come back to Believers at your own pace. Yes. And um, our Next Gen team is doing a fabulous job of getting activities together for kids. They'll have um, opportunities for them to participate with things on devices if they bring headphones with them into service. And um, so just know that those things are there, but we also know that you might not want to spend your time in church policing your children right. and trying to keep them entertained and all of that. So whatever you decide to do as far as when you come back is completely up to you. Yes. There is no judgment. Nope. Um, if you just want to wait until BK opens, we totally get that and support it because we think BK is the best place for kids to be anyways. We do. And I... I it's a little early. This is mm-hmm. this is written in sand, um, but we're hoping to be able to reopen Believers Kids by July twelfth. Right. So it's not that much further before we open those spaces back up. And um, so, if you want to just hang at home until we we're ready to accommodate your kids, uh, you're certainly welcome to do that. But if you want to bring your kids, do that too. Yep, we're ready to have them in yep. the auditorium. Well, that's all we've got time for today. If you're enjoying the Made for Mondays podcast, please share on your social media feeds and be sure to leave us a positive rating and review. Also, from time to time, we'll be doing episodes that will answer your questions. Do you have questions about this conversation, about other topics? Well, you can send them to us by emailing madeformondays at believerschurch.org. Jamie and I will get them directly. The link will also be included in the show notes. On July 12th, we're launching a brand new series called You Asked For It. Each week of this series will answer questions submitted by you. If you have a question that you'd like to be considered as a message topic, just email us at the Made for Mondays email address and put you asked for it in the subject line. Thanks for being here, friends. Let's do all we can to be loved this week.